Hello and welcome back to TNWKS, the Now We Know show, the show where we discuss a topic of interest and by the end we will have learned something new and hopefully you will too. I'm Zach. And I'm Buzz. And yes, we clung hold of the wreckage of 2023. We've made it into 2024. Celebration time. Come on. And it's time to do another one of our legendary podcasts. Yes, and the first one of the year is all about prepping. Prepping. For 2024. No way. If you enjoy the Now We Know Show podcast, support Zachwell Productions on Patreon or join our members on YouTube for early access, ad-free content and exclusive episodes. It's great to be back in the Dungeon Studios. It is, it is. It's uh, We're wiping off the dust, yeah. off the walls, I mean, clearing the, away the cobwebs. Got rid of all the party poppers and the leftover mince pies. Oh, do you remember that? That was hilarious. <laughs> the mince pies, can we, we uh, never forget? Don't get me started. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, I think I'll need the rest of the year to kind of face another mince pie, to be honest with you. Um, anyway, before we start, it's that time in our first episode of the year for Weird, Weird and Wonderful. So for this Weird and Wonderful story, I have brought in one. You have brought in one, Zach. Yes, yes. I have. Okay, okay so, the so what's the, the Weird and Wonderful story that I brought in? I have no idea. That's what I'm going to tell you now. Let's start 2024 with a good one. Okie dokie. So this is the headline. Okay. Camera catches mouse-proud rodent tidying man's shed. Oh, I may, may have heard about this, but for those listeners out there across the world... <laughs> Here it is. Here it is. So a Welsh tidy mouse has been sneaking into 75-year-old Rodney Holbrook's shed in Parrells every night since early October and uh, tidying it. Is this the chap in Wales? It is in Wales. So he lives in Bullith Wells, which is 60 miles North of Cardiff. Cardiff. And uh, so this mouse, I actually saw the video to this, uh, and it's a really good one to start on, on uh, if, if you want my opinion, because you, you, if, if you haven't seen the video, so if you're listening to us around the world, which you surely are, um, you can probably... I've got, I've got the stats to prove it. Okay, okay you, can, <laughs> you can probably go onto YouTube or whatever and find this tidy mouse. Yeah, this mouse that's tidying up this yeah, guy's shed. It's quite hilarious because he's like left his shed in the evening... Mm. Left a night vision camera there because every time he came, the thing is, let's, let's take it back to the beginning. He didn't know what was happening. No, that was the thing, and he then investigated yeah, because he was things kept appearing in weird places. So, uh, one moving. of the examples was he was leaving seeds out for the birds, yep. and then he kept finding it in his shoes. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, I think uh, I think a lot of nuts went missing, and then in, in in a drawer, he found one of his slippers filled up with. Yes, nuts. that's very much the case. <laughs> um, and and further to that, he's found screwdrivers and bits of like wire and fencing all moved really and tidied so like, up. Yeah, but that was. But the the thing is not just moved, as you say. Tidied up is the point because he had a box on his uh, worktop. Yeah. And the mouse was actually taking stuff and filling the box up. So he it was basically clearing the worktop of stuff that he'd left out and tidying it all into a box. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, when you see the video... Do, do, the, do the mice eat nuts? 
Oh, oh gosh, yes, they do. So they basically they store so it I, somewhere. I think, I think to, to solve the magical the conundrum of, of the tidying mouse, I think basically what it was doing is it was hiding nuts in this box mm. and then covering it with all the other stuff. So it, oh. it looked like his bench had been tidied, <laughs> but what it's doing is it's literally just hiding the, the food stores that it, it squirreled away. Squirreled, so, it's a mouse, moused away. To bring this onto the topic of the podcast, could we consider this mouse a prepper? Definitely. That's a good point. That's <laughs> a good good little what? segue into segue that. Segue straight into that, yes. This is the <laughs> prepping mouse. I never really thought of it Animals. Like proof. They prep. Yes. <laughs> and we're humans. We're meant to be far more advanced than animals. And uh, so therefore, if you're not a prepper, you're, you're not as clever as a mouse. Oof. Is that what we're saying? I don't yeah. know. Well, we're saying a mouse has intelligence is, is the thing. Well, it's obviously got its... Um, priorities right. Priorities right. It's making sure it's got a food store to get it through the winter months. So, let's talk about prepping for 2024. Well, I mean, we're a couple of days in. We've, yeah. we've survived so far. Um, and it has been a tumultuous time, hasn't it? Yeah, and we're going we're gonna to cover a few of these things that have been happening recently. But first of all, what I want to start off this, it, it's a positive thing. You see, I don't want to start off saying that we're talking about prepping for 2024 as if we're prepping for disaster and doom. Yeah. I mean, if the last few days have been anything to go by. <laughs> what, weather-wise, you mean? Yeah, weather-wise, very much so. Yeah, around the UK. All around the world. Around the world, yeah. In Japan, you had all those earthquakes and Yeah, things. yeah, and the tsunami that... that and the plane on. crashes. Plane crashes and things. So... What I would, I'd rather take more positive spin on it, Zach. I, I, to I want to. I really, really want so, to. So I want to say, rather than looking at it that you're prepping for disaster, mm. we are prepping with a mind to prevent disaster. Ah, okay. Okay. okay, okay. Now, of course, disasters can be out of our hands, but we can do a lot. Well, that's of, why we prep. Yeah. So, but we can do a lot of things to. Uh, lessen the impact that's yeah that's a good way of putting it yeah so i mean you know one of the things that for 2024 that i think everybody's going to have to uh, take on board are these extreme weather events mm. because they are literally hitting everybody everywhere yeah more and more frequently uh, the amount of floods that we've had um yeah even if our, in our own region yeah yeah in, in bedford i mean we we traveled up to bedford a couple of days ago and the, it was the water. I mean, the rain had stopped, yeah. but the water from the Great Ooze was just mm. cascading, cascading into everywhere. the park and, and like, everywhere, just flooding the outlying fields. <laughs> swans and just like swimming across the field. <laughs> it's kind of a weird sight. Yeah, uh, and it's getting worse. Mm. It's getting worse. Mm. And I've actually, I've got some little stats which I picked up today. You just bear with me for a second. Um, so we have um, a situation where temperatures. So if you look at uh, pre-industrial temperatures, we are now 1.48% hotter than pre-industrial temperatures. Mm. Okay, And that's what's creating this issue. And the global average air temperature has smashed all records year on year. Well, that, that points you know? towards crazy, crazy On top statistics. of that, sea surface temperatures have increased, breaking all previous records. Yeah. And 2024 is expected to be the hottest year on record. From pre-industrial yeah. temperatures. So wow. so we are heading in that global warming direction that we're being war warned so much about yeah. very rapidly. Now, before 
the festive season uh, back in 2023. That wow, so long yesterday, so long ago. <laughs> um, they had the cops meeting out in uh, oh COP 23. That's right, yeah. COP 23. Yeah, funny enough, it. COP23. Um, uh, it's the climate conference. The climate conference. So getting all the world's uh, nations together to try and hammer out agreements to try and fight against this. Mm. And they announced this kind of never before agreement across the board that uh, all countries would try and cut down on fossil fuels Mm. in order to combat global warming. Yeah. But it has to still be pointed out that at the point that that was signed, yeah. 80% of the world's power comes from fossil fuels. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so. I see the problem here. <laughs> yeah. The problem is agreeing to it is one thing, doing something about it is another, and that doing having an effect in the immediate future. Yeah. And I mean, not every country on the planet actually attended. No. So you've got... Did China? Did China go? I'm not sure if they did or not. Well, I think Russia certainly did. Yeah, um, I'm sure India did. But the the problem you have, I mean, is places like India, the big industrial uh, countries, are actually increasing their fossil fuel output. Mm. They're building more fossil fuel burning power stations. And I mean, have you seen some of those videos of literally mountains of Coal. crap? Oh, and Rubbish being burned. Oh yeah, using constantly. that as fuel. Well, that's one of my big hoo hahs. I'm going slightly off tangent here, uh, where uh, people love to eat tofu. Oh dear. Yeah, which is a derivative of soya. Yeah. And um, you know, I think it was last year, I watched a documentary uh, and I followed up with a bit of investigations, just double check and made sure that all the facts were credible. And um, you know, out in the far east, where they're literally cutting down rainforests to plant soya plantations mm. they're taking the soya and the tofu is kind of soy is kind of boiled up boiled up to make this the tofu mm. and in the past they used to have these kind of like uh uh it's, it's, it's done quite sort of rurally it's not like in a okay. huge industrial place there's lots of rural ovens that are, are boiling this stuff up and they used to use wood so the wood was being cut down from the rainforests to make the tofu to make the tofu which but, which, which is touted as being like a, a healthy healthy thing. option uh, get away from eating meat that's mm, it type of thing you know, your, veg- your, your vegans and things will live off that stuff probably um, but the point and I'm not knocking that at all uh, it's good to have a healthy lifestyle and, and uh, but know where life. your stuff comes from know where your stuff comes from because what they're doing is they're they've stopped using timber as a fuel because it's too expensive so what they're doing I don't like is they're going. burning all the plastic refuse that is getting exported from Western countries and dumped over the, in, in the, these I mean, that's the a problem unto itself. And they're but literally yeah. burning plastic to make the tofu. And the local and surrounding areas, the villages, are getting polluted with all this... Doesn't that sound a bit counterintuitive? That fumes? sounds a bit counterintuitive to me. No, no. so don't, don't, don't. Isn't yeah. that like blissful ignorance yeah. on the part of the people the tofu production is, is kind of like going out here. But anyway, we're kind of getting off the track of... Now you know, show. We Now we know how yeah. you make tofu. Yeah, and it's not necessarily environmentally friendly. Exactly. Um, so anyway, we're talking about prepping, but in a positive way. Yes. Positive. Uh, positive. That's what we want. 
And uh, on one of the other things that uh, was announced last year, because mm. we're in the UK and is going to be happening this year, is already in in the in the throes. In the motions. Uh, is the the government and and okay, we're in election year as well. Remember, I mean, we've got yeah, the, the political side of things is literally I think elections all up in the air. Elections all over the world. I think uh, obviously you've got US election. This I think year as well. I think there was an official count that it's like one of the biggest years for, for elections politics ever. Um, but saying that, whoever ends up being the party politic, the, po- mm. the party in control, yep. the civil servants and the government continues to, like a huge machine, always it's turning over behind yeah, the yeah. scenes. It doesn't really matter. Well, it does matter, I suppose, to a certain extent, which party's in charge, but things are continually In the motions. In the motions. Um, so the government, let's just use the term the government, even if it changes, um, have started a new initiative called the Resilience Academy, uh, which they are launching in 2024. Uh, And it is uh, meant to be bringing, because of all these issues that we, I mean, obviously we've gone through a pandemic uh, and learned lots of lessons from that. Mm -hmm. We're getting hit by these extreme weather phenomena. Um, So we're getting all this heavy flooding. Flooding, flooding, wildfires. Uh, Yeah, and in the summertime, we're getting all these wildfires that, that we... We used to get them sporadically. Occasionally, but, but, but now we're getting them every year. Villages in Kent that have gone up in smoke and places yeah, like that. Yeah. So, and, and not only that, the whole of Europe. Yeah, we've know, talked about this in previous yeah, podcasts. Yeah, okay, so these events are getting worse and worse. And so the government have created this new initiative called the Resilience Academy, which is meant to bring everybody together. And when I say everybody together, that's the government departments, it's uh, all the emergency services, local businesses local um you know councils and uh, uh, and local authorities right down to the individual citizen right in order to be part of this framework for it's called resilience but they if you look at if you can punch it up on the uh, uk official uk government's website uh, and punch up the resilience academy and you, Lots to read through there. Uh, and it will tell you about how uh, they want people to be in a state of preparedness. Preparedness. <laughs> they, they, they like avoiding the word prepping, but they will use the word preparedness. And to be prepared. Or to be ready for something. And to be resilient. Okay, that's, that's the way it's the resilient. Oh, <laughs> I see what you're getting at. I see what you're getting at. Rather than being, um, you know, the preparedness academy. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's too close for them, for them to call it that uh, because it's too close to prepping. Uh, and obviously, resilience. that obviously has lots of connotations yeah. that are not necessarily deemed from the public mm-hmm. as all being good. Yeah, yeah. And, and it was, all boils down to that idea of the doomsday prepper thing. The doomsday prepper. And we've already talked about that. Yeah. And that is not a I think the, thing. Do, the doomsday prepper is a thing. Is but a thing, but I think that it's getting old that's hat That's an extreme. Now. That's an extreme. It's getting old hat and people... I think their views are starting to change, yeah. and there's a lot of people out there. I mean, I've got family, friends, I've got family that you want to talk to them, and they all say, you know, Uncle Buzz, you know, it's uh, you know, when the zombie apocalypse happens, you'll be all right. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yes, yes, we will. Yes, we will. <laughs> but that's one of the things about 
prepping if you like because mm. if you prep for realistic events yeah instead of like ones that are popularized yeah. by the examples are always going to be moves and things so zombie apocalypse, zombie apocalypse uh, massive viral epidemic well yeah, i mean yeah, i mean ast- we had covid we yeah, had covid we'll, we'll cover that bit as well in this podcast but the um but not too much because everybody's bored of it um <laughs> but you know an asteroid striking the earth yeah, yeah, all yeah. these everybody loves massive the, the disaster scenarios um but for somebody living in a small village that mm. is suddenly being flooded out yeah that is just a bigger disaster yeah. even and it's localized and it's it's there it's, mm. it's their home that's being destroyed yeah and so what we I want to talk about is um the kind of preparedness the prepping you can do which is positive that you that everybody should do but not because you're worried worried and you shouldn't be going to bed thinking I can't sleep at night because I'm worried about some kind of disaster happening. But the opposite really is you go to bed thinking I'm prepared and happy and I feel content, reassurance, reassured and relaxed Yeah, because I've taken steps towards making any kind of situation that much easier for myself and my family. Mm. Yeah. So rather than it being some stupid doomsday prepper approach, it's what can we do on an everyday scale to make life sensibly you know, easy for ourselves? Mm-hmm. So coming back to these uh, 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 flash floods, you know, the, these things with these extreme weather. Uh, I think events. actually on that point that we've actually come off very lightly. Yeah. At the Luckily. Moment, at the I moment, mean, around us... Um, there's been very oh, you, high flooding. Oh, you're physically talking about us. Yeah, us. Right, where we are, yeah. Because yeah, I mean, we live by we, a river. We do. We have and a, we have been flooded before. Our property borders a river, and we are officially on a floodplain. Yeah. And they are doing a lot more building in our area, which I'm not happy about. But they've dug out extra overflow things um, to kind of offset that. wires and things to yeah. try and offset that. So hopefully, hopefully... That will make an improvement. Mm. Now, I'm, <laughs> I've got my fingers crossed on what I'm going to say now. Mm. You, as we already mentioned earlier in the podcast, Bedford's been flooded out. Mm. Lots of Extremely. Air, lots yeah. of areas around here are flooded at the moment. Mm. But we haven't been. Yeah, which is kind of weird. weird. We haven't been. We've actually, I'd expected to have had uh, at least part of our property completely sodden. Yeah. You know, when you're just walking, it's just sodden. Uh, but that hasn't happened. So I'm kind of wondering at the moment, because the uh, building hasn't started, but they have put in these extra reservoirs, mm. that they've been taking an excess load of water off the, the runoff. Yeah, so proof proof is in the pudding almost. Almost, and I've got my fingers crossed here, because they haven't, I've got to say this again, they haven't started the building. Once we've got the extra housing locally in. built... Is the offset and then? Then you've got the road surfaces, all those roofs. The land is then missing that the water would have soaked into before. Yeah. Are we then going to fill the fill the, the impact? The yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's yet keep to... the electrics off the ground. Is yeah. what I say. Well, there you go. You've just come up with a, a simple bit of prepping. Mm. So you know, if you're in a situation where uh, you have been flooded out or you've decided to put an outbuilding in your garden or somewhere, something like that, mm. or just, you know, rejig your garage, mm. make sure the sockets are... Raised. The, raised off the floor. That's a simple bit of prepping. 
Hey, yeah. Then if you get flooded, you just go, hey, okay, I'm I, not I, happy I, I'll be flooded, but the point is, my electrics aren't. Oh, well, I think water. I can rewire a plug, which is quite cool. There we go. They should teach people to do that all the time. Mm. Uh, anyway, and and basic health and safety, uh, not health and safety, um, first aid would be good. That, that and changing washers on taps. I learned that scouts. <laughs> yeah, well, Probably one of the last actual like useful things I learned. There scouts. They're all preppers, you see. Oh, I'm not sure about now, but... Well, don't, let's not... No, it's just knock, lots of ball games. Let's knock... Not knock the Scout Association. Oh, no way. It's, probably, it's amazing. In the UK, it's probably one of the last kind of societies that allows you a little bit of... A little bit. A little bit. Contact but, I mean, the regulations and things, you can't really have... up so much. Especially, yes. like, can't back, have kids running around with pen knives. Well, back in my day, I was allowed to walk around with a big sheath knife. So, you know, and, you know, good times. Yeah, good good times. times. Anyhow, um, so, practical prepping on a positive note mm-hmm. for your household, okay? Uh, always have an EDC. We have done an EDC. If you podcast. haven't listened to that podcast, go and take a look. Just an everyday carry. Make sure yep. you got that around with you. Um, then we have the next stage up, which I would say would be the grab bag, but not as high as the bob. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> these are these are terms that I'm familiar with, but obviously yeah, okay. listeners. So a grab bag so is self-explanatory. It's a bag you to grab. grab and run. Okay. And that is something that if you're in a flood so zone... Is that, so is that like like bugging out? No, because you see, a grab bag would be... Uh, for instance, say you were in a zone where... Um, I mean, everybody can be affected by something. Others, obviously, it's a sliding scale, so they can be affected less. So obviously, if you're in low-lying land near a river, higher percent probability, like uh, over in Gloucestershire, Tewkesbury got flooded out again, yeah. York's being flooded out. So if you're in those kind of places, you know that you are going to be affected probably by flooding. Yeah. And not volcanoes. But if you live in, say, Sheffield and you're up on the top of uh, yeah, Hillsborough or somewhere where it's a high place, you can say, well, I'm never going to get flooded out. That's fine. But it doesn't mean you might not get affected by Fire, a wildfire, or something yeah, yeah. Off the severe or wind, like yeah. yeah, or wind damage if there was a storm coming in. Things mm. like that. So, a grab bag is a bag that you've got ready. So, if suddenly the emergency services say for whatever reason, and it could be something like, um, you know, if heaven forbid, you know, if there was a terrorist attack and they wanted to clear an area and evacuate people quickly, yeah. or a gas leak, yeah, yeah, something like that, gas leak, power outages, I don't know, but you need to leave the house, yeah. You want to be able to say, I can grab that bag. And if I'm going to end up in a community centre somewhere, yeah, yeah, that I've got that bag and it's got clothes in, it's got some snacks in, it's got some bottles of water, it's got phone charger, it's got all those sort of things that I'm going to mm-hmm. need. Most importantly, and this is the one thing that you should always have prepped mm-hmm. without a shadow of a doubt, if you yep. live in a so whether you rent a property or you're, you've got a mortgage, or yep. you've paid your mortgage off and you own a property, wherever you are, you've got things such as your driving licence, yep. passport, yep. home insurance certifications. Mm-hmm. You've got things like uh, you know tax paperwork for tax, uh, life insurance, loads of different, very official bits of paperwork that if that went up in smoke... Or got like deeds out. to a property and things like that. Deeds to a property, yeah. Um, so if that all went, if all that paperwork went up in smoke, yeah, you know, your birth certificates, yeah. your marriage certificates, you, like, like, do, like your degree certificates and things, <laughs> all your qualifications, that, all that stuff. If that went up in smoke or got flooded and destroyed, mm. 
Very, very official you, documents. You are just adding to the trauma of that disaster. Yeah. One thing is to say, okay, the house has been damaged. I've got to get onto the insurance company. Thankfully, I've got my insurance papers. I'm going to go onto the insurance company. They're going to instruct a lot of just to come around, get a builder involved and get the property sorted. But if you've actually lost all that vital... Your official documentation proving that actually that is your property and that and, is your and stuff. All, uh, even the, the number that you probably think... Oh, you know, I've got house insurance, but who do I ring? I don't know. It's going to save a lot of hassle. If Mm. you get that paperwork, get it into a dry bag folder, okay? You can Mm. pick them up dirt cheap, so it's like a a Ziploc bag that is waterproof, Mm. first stage, and put it into also a fireproof box. Yeah, you can get... um, Are we talking like a safe? You can get... I mean, if, you want to, if, you, if you want to go full safe, you can go full safe. If you want to go for, I mean, you can clues get, in the name there. <laughs> if you want to go for just a fireproof, you can get like uh, you know, cash boxes, things like that. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah much yeah. smaller, but you can get them and they're fireproof. Yeah. So you get something that is a, a small fireproof cash box will easily take your passports, driving license, things like that. But the more paperwork you got, the bigger the box you want. But you want to have that fireproof, uh, and so in the event of a quick You've got to get out of here. Yeah. You've got your grab bag. Like To such an extreme, you've got your grab bag and you've got that and documentation. And you know exactly where you can go for that. The documentation, you don't want to keep it with your grab bag. No. You want to, ideally, whatever documentation you have, you want that in a safe, secure location. Mm-hmm. Only you know where it is, not stuck in a cardboard box in the bottom of your wardrobe. <laughs> because, obviously, just in everyday life, we live in everyday life, you could get burglaries. Mm. You don't want your all that important stuff being stolen. Or yeah. just literally destroyed. Or destroyed, you know. So make sure it's secure, but make sure that it's all together, it's protected against fire and water and theft, and you can grab it and chuck it in your bag and be out in like literally no time at all. And then when that the situation like, is over... To a stage where you don't really have to think about... Oh, where's that? Where's that? Where's that? Oh, you God. know. Can you imagine? I've got to reapply for my driving license. Yeah. I've got to reapply for my passport. I've got to, I've, oh, I need my birth certificate's gone up in smoke. Yeah, you've got to prove your identity for whatever reason. No, you just don't want to go there. No. You don't want to go there. And a simple prep, as I've described, even if you haven't got uh, a safe box to put it in, mm. but you have got that waterproof bag to put it in, and you know mm. where it is, and you've got it stashed away somewhere... Only you know where it is, but you can grab it quick and get out. I mean, the idea of having it in a fireproof box mm. is simply because if something happened to your property when you weren't there, yeah, or something, then you'd know that you've hopefully secured it well enough mm. to survive. Or if it was something that was like a a disaster or whatever, you could go back when it's passed. Yeah, and hopefully there, you know, there it is still intact. You don't want the headache of those important bits of paperwork being lost. No. That's So that's a positive prep for 2024. Mm. A very simple one. Grab bag and that. Now, you mentioned about what the difference between a grab bag and a bob. People are out there maybe scratching their heads. A lot, I know a lot of people that are listening to us will already know what a bob is. Yeah. Uh, and we will do a full podcast on a bob. A bob is a... Bug out bag. Bug out bag. So it's an abbreviation. We covered this in the EDC Yeah, we covered it briefly, but we haven't actually done a specific 
Bob podcast. podcast. So, so a bob is slightly different from a grab bag. So a bob is maybe, if you could imagine, probably the best thing you can imagine is a good old backpack rucksack. Right. You've got some clothes in there. You've mm. probably got pretty much what you've got in your grab bag, mm. but more. Right. You've got more. Because in there, you've got sleeping, your sleep system. Okay, mm-hmm. that's what the old bushcrafters like to say. What's your sleep system? Okay, so that I've includes... got the, what's it, Pro X 5444. Yeah. Four, four. Yeah, exactly. I. <laughs> so that's, uh, yeah, and that could be anything from a air ma- uh, micro air mattress uh, to a, a rolled uh, sleeping mat to uh, including a... A bivy bag. A bivy bag, a lightweight sleeping bag. Simple blanket. A tarp to make a cover out of. So, Or it could be one of those ones where it's like a sleeping bag but a suit. Yeah, you could do that, Zach. You could do that. but Or are you going to be wearing that all of the time? No, but the problem is, again, it's storage space. Okay. You, you want to go fast and light. So in your um, bug out bag, that, that would be designed for severe emergencies. Say you... Uh, live out in the countryside somewhere, emergency services maybe aren't there to immediately be there to give you a hand, to help Uh you out. You suddenly find yourself in a situation where that flood's coming in. Oh no, the flood is coming in. I'm reenacting the scene. Ah, what am I going to do? You've already already worked out escape routes, etc. You know that you can't go down the road because the the, the Ford down the road, the Ford being the the river crosses road, is electrical wire things have fallen over. They're blocking the exit route. But you know, nearby, there's some right high ground you can get to. If you Mm. get to that high ground, then I'm I'm safe. Safe. But it's pouring with rain. It's dark. It's cold. Yeah. Yeah. Now having a grab bag is fine. But the grab bag isn't. That's designed to take you to the community centre. That's that's designed to go with you while the emergency services are helping you get to a place of safety. Yeah. But if you don't have, yeah, a it's, place not, of it's safety, not your full your full gear, is it? No, no. So what you need is to be able to say, okay, I can get myself out of here, mm-hmm. and my family, if needs be, yeah, get them to a safe location, and whether it's pouring with rain, snowing blisteringly hot or whatever mm-hmm. you've got shelter and you've got comfort you've got bedding and so it's the full package full package okay um yes talking about prepping if you want to take that stage further then uh you know if you're going to go down the extreme routes of prepping where you're saying oh you've got civil unrest etc rioting cetera, rioting in the streets and the, well, maybe it could be like the whole petrol and toilet roll scenario we had yeah, a few years ago yeah i mean there's been rioting many times over the years in london i mean i mean there's been rioting like not yeah. too long ago actually but i don't want to get anybody's uh <laughs> i don't want to feathers ruffled yeah feathers ruffled and, and we try and keep it realistic because if you've got that uh, bug out bag sorted mm. then of course if you're in that extreme situation which we might be kind of joking about a little bit in the uk where we're talking here mm. in the studio but there's plenty of places in the world yeah that rioting and, i mean you know think if you're in palestine at the moment if you had a bug out bag yeah with your family and you've got all this stuff you can get out and you know that when you get out from from that disaster area and you're into mm. some kind of safe zone mm. that you've got bed in and stuff with you yeah, yeah, you you're not all huddled together, shivering and and, and relying stuff. on like on, supposedly on the supplies like, that aren't coming in. Yeah, <laughs> so <laughs> so exactly. it's it's 
It's not madness to discuss these subjects. Yes, you might live in a very comfortable country like mm. the UK, but there's plenty of places that you just where don't the norm here is very much, much not the norm, not the norm somewhere else. Somewhere else, and what we're talking about is a very everyday practical prep. Yeah, but I'm trying to put a spin on it for countries like the UK places. Mm. So you you might want a bug out bag for simply that occasion where you. You need to be able to take control of the situation mm -hmm. for yourself or your family and everybody is comfortable mm -hmm. and protected from the elements until such a time as the, the emergency is over. Yeah, so when so when it comes to the bug out bag, are we going to do a separate podcast? Yeah, exploring I, what what is actually going to go in. Yeah, I that think bug that, out I bag. think that would be a good one because a lot of people do ask and a lot of people do have, you know, different things that they have in there. Yeah, out maybe bags. we could bring somebody in for that. Yeah, I think uh, um, yeah, we might get uh, Chaz if he's listening out there. Yeah, it would be nice to get you in uh, for a bug out bag one. But anyway, prepping for twenty twenty four. So yes, we have extreme weather conditions coming. We should have at least. A grab bag in place mm -hmm. and our household documentation safe and secure. Makes sense, doesn't it? It does. Okay. And it's not being, you know, disaster zone mentality. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's not that kind of, it's not that paranoia, is it? Yeah, that that's the thing. A lot of people who don't prep think that preppers... Is automatically paranoia. that paranoia. Yeah. Whereas... I'm trying to, or I am, we are trying to get across that prepping is actually a practical thing that makes you sleep well at night. Yeah, it's, it's a paranoid. thing to be normalised. It should be normalised. And I think that's where the government initiative for the Resilience Academy is trying to do exactly that. Mm. It's trying to normalise it right down to street level to actual individual households yeah. to make sure that each individual household, depending on where they live, has at least... Some degree of, of resilience, resilience and preparedness for against those kind of these kind of situations. Now, when it came to, and you did mention about the pandemic, uh, I asked. In fact, I saw Chaz over the festive period, and uh, you know the question came up about you know who predicted the the uh, pandemic, and he stuck it quite rightfully stuck his hand up and said, "Yeah, I I did," um, and it's because pandemics happen, yeah, and not necessarily pandemics as in worldwide throughout the ages we've had things like plagues and uh, infections and famines and it, it can be very localized to where you are what country you're in mm. what the weather back to the weather conditions what the weather conditions are doing whether crops have failed uh, whether you know uh, what it's war torn or whatever yeah. well a good example of that even to the degree of as being a food source, they've had lots of bird, mm -hmm. bird flu stuff going. Oh yeah, we've got that. So, so when it comes, especially to, in this part yeah, of the country. Yeah. So when it comes to talking briefly about the pandemic situation, it's something that was inevitably going to happen at some point. Yeah, but nobody really paid that much attention to it. Mm. So when the pandemic did happen uh, and the lockdown happened, yeah, we weren't running to the shop to buy toilet roll and pasta. No. We we already had, but it was like stuff. it was it was an almost kind of yes. It, it was a weird situation to be. It was a weird situation, and a weird feeling. Yeah, and pe but people were doing that. Like, yeah, we went to once it sort of calmed down a little bit. Yeah, uh, and we and I've got photographs. So I thought it was very important to photograph the period during the pandemic. Mm. And They're very poignant. Yeah, yeah, you know, going to supermarkets where literally the whole aisles were cleared. Yeah. 
I've got a photograph, which is quite funny. Whole aisle cleared. Yeah. Uh, that's quite a sad photograph, if I recall, um, where, which has got just an old chap with his walking stick and an empty basket down, going down the aisle. Yeah. You can imagine that. Yeah. Uh, on the lighter side, the vegan area was still stuffed full of food. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> but no, I, I, I kid you not. It was like I walked, bent past this little section of vegan food and it, it, got like, it was loaded. Everything else was wiped out. Um, don't know what that says exactly, but there you go. Um, it's all that tofu again, isn't it? It's all the tofu again. <laughs> uh, but, uh, and, and I took photographs of when all the tills were literally surrounded by perspex. Yeah. Some of them have still got it. Some of them have still got it. And some of them, you know, like places like... Like um, garage, garages, it, I know. I think petrol stations yeah. can be forgiven for that because it's kind of... They've, they were forcibly had to put that in for the pandemic, but yeah. it's also become a bit more of added security for the staff behind the counter yeah so that's probably yeah. why they've left it um, i mean banks already had it yeah banks <laughs> already had it but places like i remember morrison's our local morrison's it just had these huge plastic booths around everything mm. which are all gone now they've all gone they've gone but we've uh, i've got photographs and the thing is with the pandemic it will happen again yeah so what i've got to say is be positive okay if you got caught out in the past you don't need to get caught out in the future. And you're lucky that that wasn't... I'm not saying it wasn't bad, but yeah. it could have been a lot worse. I mean, obviously, thousands of people did lose their lives. The pandemic affected people in different ways um, because a lot of it, I think, was... Uh, again, don't quote me on this exactly, but I think a lot came down to genetics with the type of strain of COVID that people got. Right. Some people were really badly affected it was shutting more, down more more susceptible yeah, it was to shutting it. down their, their internal organs and attack their own immune system were attacking themselves mm. other people like us didn't touch us at all no but that's not to say that something in the future could be a lot worse now i say a lot worse because anything that is milder or lower than what we experienced in the covid pandemic yep. probably wouldn't even get no notched up as a pandemic i mean the common cold yeah, whatever seasonal flu yeah seasonal flu uh they'll, they'll monitor things like swine flu which is another one you mentioned the bird flu yeah you've got swine flu and when when another pandemic hits which it, it inevitably will um it will be severe might be on the same level as covid but it could be a lot worse. Yeah. And so if it was a lot worse, what's going to happen is... You're Maybe those get... sceptics won't be so sceptical. If you had a, a worse scenario, you're going to get locked down. Yeah. And you're going to get... Mar down. Martial law. You're, you're going, going to get locked down hard. Hard. <laughs> Especially after last time, you're going to get locked down hard. So it's better to be comfortable and to be prepped for these things. Yeah. But it doesn't mean paranoia. That's the no. point. No, we don't want these things to happen. No, and I think that's the thing. I think that's the whole point of, uh, and again, harking on about the Resilience Academy, but it's as a prepper, it's nice to see that your own government is mm. paying attention and taking notice and trying to bring it to the individual people, mm. of, you know, the, the individual citizens, and say, it's not a bad thing if you actually think... Entry-level prepping. <laughs> there are countries out there around the world that actually do tell their citizens... To make sure that they That's have a good idea, supplies, yeah. etc. And of course, if you live in places like in the States and you live in, uh, uh, I think it's Oklahoma, is it Oklahoma where you get a lot of the um, tornadoes? Uh, not tornadoes, twisters. Uh, they are tornadoes. Uh, tornadoes? Yeah, tornadoes. Yeah, well, maybe I'm, I'm thinking hurricanes is the other one. Yeah, tornadoes. So, <laughs> so you get, they, they dive down into their um, 
underground bunkers, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, to avoid yeah. The, the tornadoes. Oh, I mean, underground bunkers and things are very popular over in the States. Yeah, I mean, that's something we can't have because we live in a floodplain. Damn. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> We'd have, have to have snorkels and, or some breathing equipment. Well, maybe we'll have to eat, uh, have some, like... Or hot air balloon might r- be better. <laughs> what about radioactive waste so we can evolve gills? <laughs> I don't, think I don't want to do that. Uh, maybe, maybe a dirigible, so instead of going down, we go up. Uh, we can be sky people. <laughs> sky people, that's it. <laughs> Um, it'd be a whole new sort of thing instead of water world it'd be sky world <laughs> isn't that just mortal engines uh, kind of like they do go up in the sky yeah they do a bit but then they have like London on wheels London, London on wheels which is quite funny the movie <laughs> the movie <laughs> um, but yeah so huzzah so is this um, Resilience Academy thing is it a lot like the stay in what's the stay in one we did ah yeah the Go in, stay in, tune in. That's it. Uh, it's funny you should bring that one up, actually, because uh, the, as we reported in our podcast on that mm. uh, initiative, yeah, uh, it was at a big flaw. Yeah, it had a big that was flaw because the case. it was telling you it doesn't matter where your kids are. So if kids at school, leave the kids because they're going to get looked after. By who? Exactly. <laughs> um, and uh, they said, no, 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 no. And he says it on the official Guff of, uh, local authority websites. And uh, I'm not going to go into a plural. Big, I'm not going to go into it. Yeah, because well, I checked it all over the UK. And you're not going to have to go into big uh, discussion about it because you can go and listen to the actual podcast. Please do. However, I was at a flooding seminar for our local area mm-hmm. um, before Christmas and lo and behold the two safety officials from our local government uh, county council were there yep. who run that scheme do they? yes they, they're the t- two people that were in charge of it and I pointed out this flaw and they actually didn't know anything about it don't know anything about it so that's handy while I was sitting there at the table and somebody was giving a lecture about flooding I punched it up on my phone and passed it to them I think they were quite astonished at reading this. Your children will be cared for. Yeah. And uh, I also told them that I'd spoken to several different school teachers and heads of schools and they knew nothing about it and have no plan in place to look after anybody's kids. Or supplies. Or supplies or anything. Um, anyway, after the seminar, they actually came over and thanked me for pointing this out to them. Maybe, maybe we're making waves on that point. Yeah, so hopefully, hopefully somebody's at a... Please, we would love to know the official plan other yeah. than just saying it's a plan yeah. and not having anything <laughs> not having a plan it's a plan just to make the general public feel like there's a plan yeah it's kind of like or maybe they're just going to say that we're looking into it too deeply <laughs> maybe it's kind of like about 12th of a plan <laughs> that's barely an idea <laughs> or kind of a guardians of the galaxy yeah, reference of, there. we could get film references oh uh, yeah. anyway so uh, yeah the uh, as far as i'm aware at this present moment of recording the resilience academy website has not been uh, we've gone like active, but I say you can, I have been keeping an my eye on the uh, uh, gov.org website, which gives you all the information about what they're trying to do. It's not a bad idea because they say bringing all these different things, people together, yep. in order that there is a framework in place to help people to be prepared mm-hmm. for emergencies, whether it be a localized emergency or a national emergency, mm. right, right across the scale. There are um, volunteer. Uh, organisations already out there that deal with helping out with flooding and fires and things and it's a case of bringing all these together and bringing the general public together as I say. When we was at this flood meeting there were members of the general public there that because they live in a flood zone as soon as it starts raining they take photographs like every hour 
if because they're retired mm. of how the water's rising and send them in to their local flood alert initiative so that the local or the, the emergency services should I say are made aware of what's happening in local areas yeah. because people are there on the ground yeah because right. the, yeah. the emergency services haven't got enough people to spread around just to keep an eye on what may suddenly turn into a major disaster yeah so it's all kind of all right being helpless but actually having that ability to help with the actual help operation but actually is quite good when we talk about an extreme survival situation to an extreme situation to be prepared for that, that uh, maybe more towards down the lines of your yeah, doomsday preppers um the doomsday preppers i think there's kind of like two different types of people out there the preppers that are practical preppers like us like to call us practical preppers uh, and there's preppers that very much keep themselves to themselves yeah the, for fear fear well that's that paranoia isn't it the paranoia that anybody's going to find out about them uh, and then there's others that want a community group yeah that can club together band together band together to help each other but and to protect themselves against other people not mad max style <laughs> not mad max style well <laughs> give it 20 to 10 years 20 years Mad Max has been ruined for me because rather than everybody driving around in like gigantic diesel-driven muscle cars, muscle cars, they'll all be chasing each other in electric little, scooters. And they're saying, "Excuse me, I've got to wait for my solar right, panel I, to I, charge." Can I charge up. this, please? <laughs> <laughs> oh no! I am the road warrior. I am the pavement warrior. <laughs> With my electric scooter, <laughs> my body is uh, plastic. <laughs> my body is plastic. My, my, blood, my blood is, is electric. electric. No, it's not. It's just normal blood. No, it's just regular blood. <laughs> just regular blood. Um, yeah, so, <laughs> it's quite funny. Um, so uh, yeah, but talking about that, uh, a good film to watch is Threads. Oh, okay. Yeah. So if anybody's not seen Threads. The reason I mention that is because a lot of preppers out there think that if there is a major disaster yep. that is going to cause uh, catastrophe of, of almost apocalyptic proportions, proportions that if you know there is civil unrest, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, that it's all going to be the law of the wasteland, mm. it won't happen like that immediately. Yeah, because it's got to get to that. The local authorities, and with having a. Uh, uh, an initiative like the Resilience Academy, the local authorities kick in with the emergency services, with the local businesses, to have a network, and they have a network of citizens as well, Yeah. to oversee food yeah. distribution, water distribution, clothes, da la la. It's it, that network of the world we live in at the moment yeah. still exists. Yeah. You're not going to get to that Mad Max type world until overnight. Until all that has collapsed. Mm. So if you think you're going to suddenly go rogue the day after, mm. you know, and be walking up and down the high street with your crossbow, fending people off for a tin of beans at the local corner shop, well, you might find that you've got a network of of things. I'm being a bit older before that. <laughs> a network of of uh, things, local government and everything. But again, going back to threads, it's the kind of that, a kind of almost imposed already set up kind of network of things yeah and even in survivors almost as well that that was set up in the that was a 70s uh film wasn't it or was it 80s oh i'm not sure could have been on the cusp yeah it's around i can't remember if threads came i think threads was 70s 
Did it come be before Where the Wind Blows? Oh, that's uh, that animated one, animated isn't one. it? But that's I mean, scary as well. That's when we were living through the nuclear threat. Yeah. Which we kind of had thrown in our faces recently with Putin, although that the the threat level feels as if it's sort of gone off a little bit. Um, but or is that a false sense of security? False sense of security. Uh, maybe that's why the government. Yeah, it's one of those things. Oh, maybe that's why the government is starting this resilience. Eighty-four. Eighty-four. The resilience that was academy. Threads. You see, that was threads. The resilience academy. It's the government. You see, they know stuff. They're getting us ready. They're getting us ready. But when it all goes, t- <laughs> it's like it's, you can't help it, can you? That's where the thinking starts to break up, and all the doubt starts coming in people's minds. But anyway, in that movie. It was very realistic, and it mm. showed that network. and And I always remember the guys in the bunker at the local council house, uh, council offices. Yeah, and they, they didn't come out well on it, did they? No, I don't um, think anyone came out well in that movie. They kind of jumped. <laughs> Nobody did. To be to be fair, if you if you ever ask me, yep. what is my favourite horror movie or my scariest horror movie? Yeah, Threads is the scariest movie I have ever seen. I would say. Yeah, but it's but it's, it's not a horror movie. <laughs> it's not horror. It was never touted as a horror movie. It's meant to be a representation of reality of what yeah. could happen. Yeah, and it is more horrific <laughs> than, than a horror movie. Than a horror movie. Um, so yeah, so you've got that situation where the the those that be in charge, let's say, will, the big them, will still want to keep everything as under control as possible. Yeah, for as long as possible. For as long as possible. And the best thing you can do in any situation is to at least have some control yourself. Mm. Mm. Not to be reliant upon that. If, as soon as you are reliant on everybody else, you know, you're I, then, I, I you're, need somebody else. You're then expendable. I need somebody else to give me a blanket because I'm freezing. I need somebody else to give me some dry clothes because I'm cold and wet. We, we do, need some food. We do live in a water. society that is all well and good for yeah. giving people and helping support people. Yeah. But what happens if that changes? Yeah. Well, that's another part of this this uh, initiative, which I actually, I know I keep harking on about it, but it's because it's the beginning of 2024. And I'm really surprised. That it's really nice to see government officials actually try to normalise prepping. Yeah. And part of that was to say that if you do have people within your community that are, say, disabled, elderly, things like that, to make sure that you kind of focus, you know, figure those those individuals into your prepping. Mm. Not that you have to prep for them, but part of prepping is you make sure you go over and help them out. As well, yeah. You know, if, they, if there's a flood coming in, you get that 87-year-old out of their house. Yeah. You know, they get, may not be part of your family, but it's good to do. It's good to just widen your eyes. Yeah, well, I, I tell, yeah, sort of if, if you've got like a, a spider's web around, yeah. you, you're in the middle of the spider's web, mm. just to identify if anybody in your local community could do with a hand. Yeah. Unless you're the kind of person that. Mad Max style. <laughs> he just wants to lock all the doors, board everything up, and it's me and me alone. The Lord Humongous. The Lord Humongous in my little studded... Jockstrap. Jockstrap. <laughs> and uh, hockey <laughs> mask. Hockey mask. <laughs> oh, great movie. Anyway, so there you go. So 2024. There is a lot to be prepping for. I think the main thing that we're going to probably come up against are the extreme weather conditions. Yes. Fluctuations. In the summer, it's going to get hot. Uh, That's actually going to be fun to actually revisit this podcast. Yeah, and at at the at this time of recording, we're expecting the wind to swing round from the north next week, 
and we could potentially be having some snow coming we in. We did have a couple of flakes. And we had a couple, couple of, of days flokes, ago. flakes, flakes. Um, but if we do get snow coming in over the next week, yeah, oh, mayhem and chaos. <laughs> mayhem and chaos. It's going to happen. It's people, oh, I know people moan about the old folk who say, "Oh, it used to be six foot." Deep when I was still going to school in my lace-up shoes, you know, and um, I'm sadly I'm one of those people now, you know. This is knocking on the doors of sixty. Yeah. I do remember going to school in snowdrifts, and the heating at school had packed up, but we just sat there with our coats on and got on with yeah, our school because you had to. Because you had to. You didn't get a choice. Didn't get a choice. You didn't get counselling for it. You just had to do <laughs> had it. Had to do it. And the teachers all went into school. Yeah. Or as many as they, they, they could walk there. I mean, okay, these days teachers drive in and they might live way out of the area and things like that. I'm not going to get into that big thing, but no. what I'm just saying is people are so unused to winter weather in the UK, yeah. south, in the south in the UK, mm. they get a centimetre of snow and there's crashes and everything it's is... It's the end of the world! the end of the world! So, guys, Finishing off on that, prep for snow. Prep for snow. <laughs> prep for snow and uh, prep for a very hot summer, potentially. <laughs> Jock straps not included. Jock straps and for hockey masks not included. <laughs> so that brings us on to that point in the podcast where we choose the subject for our next exclusive episode. Hey, we need the hat, hat of, of mystery. mystery. I can see it. Oh, 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 did something fall out? Yeah, it just came, it fell out. Okay, I'm, I'm going to chuck it back in the hat. There you go. Oh, do I get the pick? You get to pick. Oh, get to listeners, pick. this is exciting. I mean, I can pass the hat of mystery to you. I'm going to be the pick. first one of the year. First one of the year. There's not that many in there, yeah, actually. No, no, no. So it's going to be we interesting. Once we run out uh, of these, we'll. Have I can to... top them up with all the recent oh. episodes we've been right, doing. I've got it. I've got one. Yep. Okay, okay. what is it? See if you can guess it. Oh, this is going back a bit. Episode two. Two? What episode are we on now? Oh, crikey, this is 82. 82. So, 80 episodes. <laughs> one episode ago, ago, we were doing. Japanese snacks. Japanese, God, your memory. Japanese snacks. We've got to do a special episode on <laughs> Japanese snacks. It's because I see the thumbnail for it all the time. <laughs> we've got to do a little, little. Uh, We're editing special, all these, yeah. little special for. I think all. we pulled out Japanese snacks too, as well. Yeah. Not too long ago. Oh, right. Okay, then. So, uh, anyway, that's for the. Subject for our next exclusive episode, which we'll be recording subsequently. That will be available for our patrons and YouTube members. Hey! Anyway, it's been a fun start. We've got lots of other things, uh, subjects lined up for 2024. Oh yeah, we are we are stacked with subjects. Uh, yeah, we've we've got loads uh, of things to look forward more to. Cryptozoology. We've got we've got uh, model train enthusiasts. Yeah, we've got fun frolics and all sorts of interesting things. Yeah, we we want to learn about. New things across the board. Yeah, that is the it's the New Year's resolution. Exactly. The now we know show. Exactly. So hopefully you've taken something from this particular episode. All the best to you. Happy New Year, everybody. Make the most of 2024. It's going to be a good one. If you enjoyed this podcast, please like and subscribe to this channel and comment below any suggestions of topics or activities you'd like to listen to in future episodes. That's a big resilient goodbye from Zach. And that's a big I'm prepped goodbye from Buzz. Goodbye. Fear the Lord, you mongers. You can find the Now We Know Show podcast on YouTube, Spotify, Amazon Music and Apple Podcasts. Keep up to date with everything ZWP on Facebook and Instagram or visit the Zach Wild Productions website at www.zachwildproductions.com. And remember to join us on Patreon or become a YouTube member for early access content and exclusive episodes. (laughs) 